Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for Hawk Central. From the Des Moines Register and 1460 KXNO, Des Moines Sports Station. Pushing the JV out of the studio and the varsity <laughs> takes over. Mark Emmert, Chad Lystico, and me, Ross Peterson, talking Hawks. It's, hey, I'm not try- It's a Hawkeye State. Oh, man. Dropping the bombs early. Mark Emmert, how are you, sir? Good to hear from you. I'm doing not as well as you, but I'm doing okay. Yeah, I'm a little bit fired up. Chad and I were just talking about it. I, uh, my uh, coffee shop had a special on. Um, depth charges, $2 depth charges today. So I'm a little bit hopped up on espresso here for uh, 5.30 <laughs> on a Wednesday night. Chad Lysico uh, in studio with us, as he is most weeks. Thanks for coming in, man. You set up another great show for us here. Yeah, looking forward to it. We have a really fun topic coming up at the mm-hmm. 6 o'clock. I had a blast putting this together. I hope Mark yeah, and Chad too. did. I'm glad to hear that. Mark, I hope you enjoyed this in as much as Chad and I did. Yeah. Um, our top eight moments of the, what were the biggest moments of this Hawkeye football season. And uh, Chad got to see my list. I haven't seen his or Mark's, obviously. And uh, we already know we're going in, in very different directions for mm-hmm. some of this. That's going to be yep. a, a really fun conversation. We can, of course, take your phone calls at 284-5966. A couple of news of the day things. Of course, the, the fun news for Hawkeye fans, Matt Vandenberg uh, gets another year of eligibility Chad, I think maybe we'll talk about this um, in our next segment. We'll, we'll maybe do some football breakdown, talk about Greg Davis news and Matt Vandenberg. Those two kind of coincide, I guess. Yeah, that's true. Uh, but the news of the day, we really have to go to Mark Emmert. He was our man on the scene last night for Handshake Gate. Mark, <laughs> yeah, I'm already you know tired of talking about this. I mean, when Chris came in today to start the show at 3.30, when we came in and we just kind of were doing our pre-show meeting, first thing he said to me was, man, I'm already tired of talking about this. Wow. Um, and, and I think that that's a lot of uh, – so I don't want to spend too much time talking about this. And, Chad, I'm sure you feel the same way after a day of reading Twitter. But, Mark, just kind of uh, walk through us what your reaction was last night, maybe what your vantage point was, and how, uh, how this unfolded for you last night. Yeah, it was weird because uh, you know, Chad knows this too. At the end of a game like that, when it's pretty much already decided, you're basically filing a story. Um, especially that game got over like what ten 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 fifteen, so I didn't see the Bohannon technical like what what caused that. I just kind of looked up when they when I heard that, and then uh, I did see the hard foul on Jock, and I could tell McCaffrey was getting a little upset with that. And then uh, the very the very last sequence was kind of a like out of the corner of my eye too. And then I just saw McCaffrey stalking off the court, kind of you know waving his hands in the air, and you could tell he was really upset. But I couldn't tell. If he had he had already gone over and quickly shaken Brian Jones's hands and then stalking off, or if he'd never gone over there in the first place, then it was kind of chaotic. So I uh, I stuck around in my seat for a little while to find out what had happened. You know, to talk to other people that had seen it. Uh, one of the photographers came back up from the floor and told me about some harsh words that uh, were being exchanged in the coaching staff, and it just got to be uh it got to be a, a situation that uh, it didn't need to be. Um, at, but it was, I think, on both sides. I mean, there was some chippy play being displayed by the North Dakota guys, and obviously Fran's reaction was probably not the most sportsmanlike either. Right. Uh, but by the time we got downstairs, you know, they were uh, 
they were ready to explain both their sides of it, and it sounded like things had kind of blown over for the most part. And then obviously today, I saw that Fran kind of admitted that he, he regretted what he had done. Um, so it ended up being kind of much to do about nothing. I mean, I talked to a couple of players, and none of them were too concerned about it. They weren't worried about like their safety or what would have happened in the handshake yeah. line. They were just kind of ready to not talk about it either. And uh, But it became a national story, of course, because uh, the rest of the game was really, really, really boring. And uh, that's the only thing that would have elevated that to, to the national talk show circuit would have been you know, that kind of thing. And, and I had never seen that before. I've never seen anybody not go through the handshake line. So I guess there is some news value there. But to me, it got to be a little bit uh, maybe overblown. Uh, so I try not to, you know, make a lot out of it. I, I got both sides in my story and try to play it right down the middle. I mean, I think there's enough uh, blame to go around there for both both parties. And, uh, you know, they it was in the heat of the moment. And, you know, uh, I'm sure they're fine now. Chad, I feel like such a hypocrite on days like this. I really do. And it... Uh, it doesn't like affect how I sleep at night, but I, this, I, what Mark is saying is everything he's saying I think is right. Has this been overblown? Is, has it been on ESPN? No, but I've never seen a, a guy not go through the handshake line. Yeah. And I was disappointed in the way he uh, he responded to this, and I do think that we've reacted and talked too much about it. But here I am leading off the show that we talk about <laughs> because that's it's what the news is. It's what it's what yeah, my listeners. Yeah, it's what our listeners seem to want to talk about and are talking about. And there's there's a very divisive reaction that can happen, and that's kind of what we do, unfortunately, right? That's true. Um, certainly, uh, I was at home watching this and. Uh, uh, knew right away that this was going to be a story. In fact, I actually texted Mark right away just to make sure <laughs> that from you, actually, <laughs> just to make sure that he was aware of it because I knew the deadline pressure he was In probably under. The situation under. he just explained. Yeah, right. exactly. So, um, yeah, I started, um, you know, seeing that this was developing quickly. Um, saw the comments that uh, both coaches made, and um, I just started writing. So. Uh, you know, wasn't wasn't in my plans. I was going to go to bed, but I I just you know thought I should um, see what happened if I wrote it, and um, you know ended up defending McCaffrey um, pretty um, strongly just because he this is who he is. This is he. I've always struggled with when he uh, initially struggled with when he would. S- be snippy with mm-hmm. questions and stuff I would have and I'd, I'd try to figure it out and it, the common thread was always if he was going to bat for one of his players all every time this is what it's basically what he does he backs his players and so um I I view him as a fatherly figure in this case I don't think um you know it's not the way I would have chosen to react but i also understand where he's coming from and that's the way he's been for 25 30 years however long he's been doing this now and um it's it's become sort of a um flashpoint issue i know yeah, but uh, absolutely yeah, that's good. yeah but most of the feedback from my column i mean i would say 90 percent plus has been um that i you know sup- like what i had to say about it and uh you know some fans say how can you defend that and my argument would be, generally, what what is the worst thing that happened last night? What is what is really what was the the main complaint? Uh, there was a lack of sportsmanship shown at the end of the game. Yeah, that, that big deal. That that right? sportsmanship tradition of shaking hands at the yeah. end of the game was not followed. Yeah, yeah, yeah and I, I could see where he was uh, internally. I know how, you know, I know how he gets. He gets wound up yeah <laughs> we, we've all seen him get wound up it happens about once a game 
Um, and I don't think it really happened last night until then, right, Mark? So he, he yeah, no, there was one moment earlier in the game where okay. was, uh, he was pounding his fists a little bit in the huddle and <laughs> okay. the, the typical stuff. But Mark, yeah, but I could see, I could see the file. What? Okay, so when my kids are in a situation where things are starting to get a little out of control, I just kind of want to get out of there. I want to get them out of there. Those, I mean, I'm not the North Dakota guys were being aggressive. The one guy was being aggressive. What if he shoves Cordell Pemsel on the I, I, and McCaffrey didn't go down this road? What if he shoves Cordell Pemsel, who is in the handshake, a little bit of an agitator and, himself, and or somebody, or Peter Jock? Yeah. Say Peter Jock. Yeah. I mean, even worse, Peter Jock. Um, and what if Peter Jock shoves back out of retaliation? He did it against Illinois last year. Yeah, when he remember that in yep. the Big Ten tournament, Peter um, shoved the guy back, got ejected, he was out for the game. I mean, I'm not saying Fran processed all that stuff, but. Sometimes the best thing is just to get out of that heat of the moment situation and deal with it later. Hmm. So, Mark, I was uh, I was disappointed in the reaction last night. And I mean, and I mean, um, Fran McCaffrey. I, I was disappointed yeah. in his reaction to what the the player had done on the court or what the coach's reaction, whatever he was mad about. I was disappointed mm-hmm. that that was the path he decided to take. I I think Chad lays out a really good case as to why that is. Now, I can be disappointed, but at the same time, as a Hawkeye fan. I knew when the when the Hawks hired him and after those first couple of years that this was who Fran McCaffrey was. And I am very much willing to take the bad with the good uh, as far as this goes. I, I don't want to try to defend this action. I'm disappointed in it. But this in no way changes my opinion of Fran McCaffrey or uh, you know, do I think that any less of him today. It's, uh, it's a decision I, I wish he wouldn't have made, but I completely understand that that's his personality. Is that fair? Yeah. Yeah, I think he's a little disappointed in himself too. You could tell he was feeling, you know, maybe a little apologetic last night. And I've been there, today. coach. I've been there. <laughs> I mean, he, well, he's a guy that has to kind of you know, walk it back every once in a while. Yeah. You know that. Yeah. I, it's funny. I talked to a guy that covered him out east, and and this he did this two or three times at Siena. Oh, really? He off the court. Oh, yeah, yeah. There were twice where they didn't go through a handshake line, and one other time where he got really mad at an opposing player for for stealing a pass at midcourt after the game was, you know, his guy was trying to dribble the game out, and he stole a pass and went down and made a layup until he got to the scoring average, the other player. And the guy said, he looked like Fran wanted to kill the kid because hmm. uh, it was just a real classless thing that the, you know, the kid on the other team did. So, um, you know, he's he's had these moments, and uh, we've seen them. And, um, you know, not, you're like no, no one was hurt. I mean, nothing, you know. Uh, the North Dakota coach, coach was, you know, fine afterwards and, you know, wants to play here again and, it all it all kind of blew over pretty quickly, but uh, you know, in the heat of the moment, uh, he he lets his emotions get a hold of him, and maybe he walked off the court because he was afraid of what he would do in the shake, handshake line. I mean, maybe he didn't want to you know, have a confrontation at that moment with, with the other team. And I mean, so you just don't know what's going through his mind. But you're, but uh, Chad's right. I don't think he thought this through. I mean, I don't think he sat no. there for like ten minutes weighing the pros and cons. I mean, that, that was just right. his reaction in that moment. It's if, captured on cameras. If he does, if he weighs pros and cons that fast, Fran's a yeah, pretty right, quick exactly. thinker. I mean, yeah. but it was, I think it was a culmination of the three things that happened. It wasn't just the one thing at the buzzer. I mean, it okay. was, you could tell he was stewing for a little while um, over what, what the, just the whole end game situation where that game should have ended, you know, three times before it did. Right. Um, it was like a Lord of the Rings movie. Um, you know, what I mean, it just, it just kept dragging out and like just you know uh, that that foul on Jock is just like you let twenty seconds. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com I looked over at the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing 
they're also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Off the clock and now you follow it. You know, so it was one of those things, but it happens. And, you know, Iowa won the game. And the thing that I would say is, you know, now people know you can you can get the friend like they got under his skin like yeah. they say never never let him see a sweat well he he lets you see him sweat right right these are the kind of things that that bother him that don't bother other coaches and he could have gone through the handshake line and and pulled uh, Brian Jones aside and said hey you know what I really didn't appreciate that um, and I think Brian Jones might have agreed with him at, you know eventually maybe not in that moment but uh, the guy I felt bad for was Kirk Spiral had to kind of stay out there and and uh, kind of explain it all to uh, Brian Jones and there was a, there was a little bit of an exchange there before they calmed down too like. Because you can tell Brian Jones is kind of like, what, what, what's going on? Like, I couldn't, where is already, I couldn't tell if that, was, if that was Roe or the assistant. I couldn't tell who that was out there yeah, that was, no, was kind of stuck in the middle. Okay. And, uh, and, and if you could read the lips of uh, Brian Jones on the camera, which you can, there was a, there were some uh, naughty words being exchanged there for just for a second. 284-5966 if you'd like to join in the conversation. Mike uh, finds us there. Mike, thanks for calling Hawk Central here on KXNL. How are you? Good. Well, uh, I kind of supported what Fran did last night with everything that had happened in the last 30 or 40 seconds. And the and the people that don't support him, that's fine. But uh, I don't know whether Chad or whichever one said it there, but I feared more that Fran would go do the handshake and things could have got even more spirited. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I like that word, spirited. It was probably the best of both people. As you could tell, when Sparrow was out there talking to Jones, Jones obviously was not being apologetic for what happened. Don't tell me that he didn't know what the hell was going on. He knew exactly what was happening. He wasn't apologetic to Spiral. I damn well can tell you he wouldn't have been apologetic to McCaffrey if McCaffrey would have confronted him there. So probably the best thing was what actually did happen. And But I do have a question. When the officials went to the replay, when, when uh, Hooker was tugging and pulling and shoving uh, Bohannon, to force Bohannon into doing a retaliation, what the hell is the deal? And don't give me this second guy always gets caught. They went to the replay, saw what prohibited it, and then called one foul on one player. That was ridiculous. They both should have been called with a foul, Booker with a common foul, and uh, Bohannon with a technical foul. The officials were just as much to blame for this, and I really would like to know whether you guys think Fran apologized because he was forced to by either the Big Ten or Barda, or whether he sincerely meant this. So I'll hang up on this. Thanks, now. Mike. Appreciate it. Mark, I'll, I'll let you handle that. What, do you, what This apology, do you think yeah. that this came from Fran, or do you think this was something that he was That's asked That's a great to do? question. I was wondering if Barda might have said something to him. But I, I actually think it was from Fran. I, okay. uh, those guys know each other, and, and uh, you saw his comments to Jeff Goodman. I think yeah. by the morning he probably realized how that was playing on national TV. And yep. that, you know, it wasn't a good wasn't a good look, and um, and I'm sure I'm sure Mr. Jones apologized as well. I mean, he he said he was going to talk to his player, and that's not the way they coach him. And um, you know, things just got a little heated there. We, you know, you see it before in sports. It's, I mean, I used to cover hockey. You see this pretty much every night. <laughs> and that's part. It kind of reminded me of that actually North Dakota is a hockey school. Maybe that's where this is coming from because they had a problem with their last game too with uh, some guys getting ejected. So I mean, it, you know, it happens. And, it, and it, but the thing is, it, it dies down really quickly. Right. Usually, I mean, it's not going to linger. Chad, this is uh, this is our basketball version of the Ferentz contract extension. Instead of us talking about a winning streak, instead of us talking about a team that is is kind of 
changing expectations, five in a row, playing good basketball. We just spent 15 minutes talking about that. <laughs> and that this, and I, we, ha, we, we did. The phone's still ringing. Guys still want to talk about this, uh, yep. the handshake gate. When we get back, we are going to talk a little bit about this team that's won five in a row. How'd they get to this point? What's Four up next? In Four in a row. I'm sorry. Tomorrow, well, Delaware State. Maybe I'm already looking past <laughs> Delaware State. Mark Emmert's usually the guy that uh, warns me of these apocalyptic Hawkeye losses on the horizon. And uh, no, we'll, we'll no. see. Okay, no. good. See, it's just going to be five in a row. Good. So it will be five in a row yeah. when uh, after tomorrow night. We'll preview that game. We'll talk about this team. And, again, some uh, some good football news today. Matt Vandenberg going to be back in uh, Hawkeye uniform next year. We'll talk about that and more as we roll along with Hawk Central here on 1460 KXNO. It's Hawk Central from the Des Moines Register and 1460 KXNO. Welcome back to Hawk Central here on 1460 KXNO. We've got Mark Emmert uh, joining us on the phone, Chad Leistico from the Des Moines Register in studio with us. A lot of talk uh, so far what the conversation of the day was amongst most sports fans in Iowa with the uh, lack of the handshake line last night. We'll move on from that because... There's still a lot of positive things and some positives to take away from last night's game, um, I, I felt. Chad, we haven't had a chance really to even go to talk about the UNI win. Right. So maybe we should yeah, go back and – Yeah, let's handle these things in chronological order. Mark, we'll go back and talk about uh, a nice Big Four Classic win. I expected that game to be uh, a nail-biter. I thought that it would yeah. be a low-scoring game. They'd be able to keep Peter Jock in check, and it'd be on some of the freshmen to really pick it up. Peter had an awesome game, looked like the kid that – We've talked about being drafted in the in one of those rounds of the NBA draft. Looked like a guy that can carry a team, and Iowa just looked like a better team the entire game. Yeah, that was really surprising, the margin of victory. I mean, they, they just completely dominated that game, and I, I did not see that coming either. I thought Northern Iowa was a better team than that, and they may be, but uh, they sure were not that day. Uh, Chad, biggest surprise on Saturday to me was just the physicality of that Iowa defense, that Iowa's defense was able – and I know Northern Iowa, they're – they're not known as an offensive juggernaut by any stretch, but the, I I thought the for us cons, being concerned about that defense just weeks ago, the defensive performances that they've put up here recently have been fantastic, and you and I was maybe the best of those. Yeah, it's interesting. Iowa scored uh, 44 points in the Big Four Classic a couple of years ago against Northern Iowa. This time, they gave up 46 to Northern Iowa, and it was a three pointer by some guy in the last minute that. That got it to 46 so yeah excellent defense I thought um, I feel like I've just I just see Jordan Bohannon even though he's not scoring a like didn't score a ton in that game I think he had six points six assists really coming into his own to me at point guard I do think he's playing better defense uh, I think Pemsel was five for five in the game uh, and Nicholas Bear was outstanding I didn't jinx him with my column last week <laughs> um, and uh he was good. He was good. Yeah, I know we're going to get to it, but he was good again last night too. I mean, that yeah. same sort of energy, and he just he's flying yeah. around the court. The ball seems to be finding him. It's fun to watch. Well, it's just these guys got the have kind of nailed, starting to find their roles, and that was yeah. going to be kind of one of the big challenges this year is how do the pieces come together? And I think they are starting to come together. Mark, you had yeah. something you wanted to add there. Out there. Uh, I just want to mention that uh, Bohannon has led the team in minutes played the last two games, wow. which I find really mm. stunning because we were thinking about can he hold up. And he played more than 20 minutes a game. Now he's playing, you know, 31 to 35. That's a great staff. Yeah, wow. Yeah, it's not crazy. But anyway, what was your question? I'm sorry. No, no, you, you, you were. Uh, I knew you wanted to jump in something there with Nicholas Barron. Sure, it was the stat about Bohannon. Uh, but yeah. Chad talks about how everybody's kind of finding their their role right now. It, it seems to me like maybe might be a bad time. You've got really good chemistry right now. Everybody's fitting into their place, and now you're going to put a big piece back onto the puzzle. <laughs> 
when Tyler Cook joins this team. So basically, let's start with what's the latest on Tyler Cook uh, that you've heard, Mark. Yeah, he's not playing uh, tomorrow either. I, I think that was the plan all along was to wait till the Purdue game, and they just kind of, you know, didn't want to just say that outright. They yeah. give him a chance to come back, but he, you know, he hasn't been practicing until this week, and it's not fair to him. I think to throw him back in there, they don't need him. Delaware State is a really bad team, maybe the best that we're seeing they played this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, they didn't really need him last night. North Dakota was, you know, I mean, they made it a little bit closer than they should have, but it wasn't it wasn't a good team. So I think. Uh, I think he'll be back to Purdue, and they're going to need him against Purdue because Purdue has a pretty solid front court, as you guys may have seen. Yeah. So, uh, you know, that, they're still going to need Tyler Cook. He's still, I think, uh, the most talented of their freshmen. It's just really, I think, positive for the other guys that they've gotten a chance to show what they can do, especially Pemsel, uh, in his absence. And uh, I think we talked about this maybe last week, and I know Chad and I have talked about this, but that's a really good combination, Cook and Pemsel when they can spell each other. I, I, mm-hmm. I'm still not sure they can play together heavy minutes, but uh, if you can get 25 out of Cook and 15 out of Pemsel, um, and that, that's a really productive position right there. Man, I'm really trying to think of a way that you could put both of them on the court at the same time. I'm hoping Fran has found... Maybe, I think they will. I, I, think, I think they'll both be in the 20s. <laughs> Two lanes. I like that, Mark. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that will be, just like we see you know, Bohannon and Williams at times. I just don't yeah. think they can do that yeah. heavy minutes. I just, I just, unless they put Cook out on the wing. Yeah. You know, and real quickly, with, with Williams, man, I, I still see a role for him. With the way that Fran throws out that... Uh, um, three-quarter court trap from time to time, mm-hmm. that seems like an ideal spot for Christian Williams. Just that long defensive presence in the uh, in the backcourt seems like that's a great spot to, to be able to utilize him. And I, maybe I'm maybe I'm overthinking this Christian Williams thing, but I still think that there's a spot for him, you know, kind of yep. as that defensive replacement late in games. Yeah, I think he's – and obviously Bonahang can play 40 minutes, so you're going to yeah. need him, you know, for maybe eight minutes anyway. And you're right, defense is his uh, – strength right now i just he's just so passive on offense yeah. him and bomb Ewell at both that uh they're kind of getting supplanted i mean even brady ellingson is starting to take over more of a role a couple nice he, shots uh, last night yeah yeah 10 points and i mean no turnovers um play a little better defense um you know i mean if they get that out of him then you know williams role starts to get a little decreased okay so i'm okay we got to wrap up here but i think this team is back in to the bubble conversation and see tournament i know that's we t- said they were out of it a few weeks ago, but I think the way they're playing now, I don't, I don't think it's impossible. Mark, Chad, I would completely agree with you. Mark, you don't think that's crazy, do you, that this is a team that could play their way to the bubble again? Yeah, I'm not that optimistic. Okay. It's not it, crazy, no. Not yeah, crazy. Okay, that's what I'd say. And I'm the, and I'm the crazy optimist I'm just saying here. it's becoming more possible. we got a fun topic coming up here in about four minutes here on Hawk Central on 1460 KXNO. It's Hawk Central from the Des Moines Register and 1460 KXNO. About 20 minutes here left of Hawk Central here on 1460 KXNO. We've got Mark Emmert, Chad Leistico. I'm Ross Peterson. Let's uh, do some football talk. Seems like football season, you know, where basketball season is gearing up so fast. We're, we're forgetting quickly about football season. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Get that kind of uh, two or three day reminder around the bowl game that, uh, hey, Hawkeyes had a really good football season. we got a fun topic here that, that's going to focus back on that really fun football season. What were the eight 
biggest moments of this 2016 Iowa Hawkeye football season. Mark, Chad, and I have each come up with our own list. We haven't talked to each other about them. We're going to do that here in, in just a few minutes. But real quickly, Chad, some news that should uh, should lead into this because some news that affects the 2017 right. Hawkeye season. Yeah, I had to sit down with Kirk Ferentz last week, and I know a lot of people listening to this probably already have read that column and know this, but uh, I think it's worth us discussing um, that Greg Davis is coming back next year. I mean, uh, and Ferentz said there's no he sees no reason why he wouldn't. Okay, okay so yeah. um, you know, I think there's a lot of fans that would say. <laughs> otherwise like 120th in the nation in offense and but uh you know as you as you and i were talking yeah. off the air ross and and if you listen to ference's explanations i would encourage um folks listening to this to hit hawkcentral.com and watch the videos that i posted from that interview with ference he really goes into a lot of detail about his thought process um and evaluation process and really when it it what it all boiled down to to me when i when i talked with him tried to understand where he was coming from is that they just simply put they just didn't have anybody to throw to this year yeah and I think I thought that that was a I challenged him a little bit on that said this is a developmental program why don't you have more receivers that have developed and um, you know they were just really counting on Vandenberg and Kittle yeah uh, to be that one-two punch and McCarron to be that three guy and Germanique to be the four guy something like that and then Jay Shield to win the Heisman as uh-huh, your final. yeah <laughs> well yeah exactly and so it still happen <laughs> so anyway um, that's what he's you know I think that's that's where everything is landing he's happy with his staff and I'm I don't know All right, what do you guys think uh, I'm happy with it I I. I have never thought that I've never been on a hate Greg Davis run in my life. I've, I've always thought that this is more Ference's system than Greg Davis's system anyway. Mm-hmm. But uh, that's that's not the conversation. Um, I'm I have no problem with Greg Davis coming back. I thought your interview, Chad, you did kind of press him on it. You even asked him about Bobby Kennedy, the wide receivers uh-huh. uh, coach. I thought his answer on that was great. Now, Ference is never a one-word answer kind of guy. He usually is okay with opening up, but this is the really cool part about your sit-down with him. You can tell by watching it. He's relaxed. He feels in his element, and he's really giving you long, very detailed um, and, and insightful answers to this stuff. And when you asked him about the Bobby Kennedy stuff, I thought that was fantastic. Basically said that same thing. Listen, you lost your number one target. And that kind of leads us to the other news of the day, that uh, Matt Vandenberg, the kid that was your number one target that you lost last year, hurt that uh, that passing game so much, he's coming back next year. That's good news. Yeah, and you look at the numbers. Um, I think I put him in the column. I, I believe it, Iowa was averaging 197 passing yards a game with Vandenberg, and, and it went down to 143 without um, something like – it was something like that. Um, I mean, you could, you could just t- – and a lot of those – remaining yards were going to Akram Wadley, yeah. frankly, by the time the season was over. So um, he was certainly the number one target, and I don't think anybody would mistake him for, you know, an Amari Cooper type, uh, you know, college phenom. But uh, uh, he was he was the guy that sort of made the difference against Iowa State and actually both, both the last two years. And they did miss him, no question. Uh, that uh, I think that's a good place for us to lead in here to our top eight because I'll I'll give you a little bit of a tease here. That's one of my top eight uh, okay. biggest moments of the season. Um, we'll get to where that is in in just a moment. I think the way to do this, Mark, is maybe we'll just throw it to you real quick. You give us your eighth biggest moment 
of the 2016 <laughs> season? Well, uh, this is kind of a funny one, but uh, to me it was the uh, the Kaluzi somersault on that punt. <laughs> because I, I, still, I still can't stop laughing about it. And, uh, <laughs> and obviously it all turned out the best for him. If it, if it had been a you know a loss, then I would have felt sorry for the kid. But uh, it all ended up okay. He uh, He got his... 15 minutes of fame and handled it well, but uh, that is still one of the funniest things I've ever seen on a football field, and uh, I still <laughs> can't quite figure out how it happened. That's awesome that you put that in your top eight. I love it. <laughs> and he got a guy ejected for targeting somehow. That's right, yeah. That's and then and all, the, and all the memes and gifts that came out of it, the washing machine thing, I mean, it's uh, it's the gift that keeps on giving, that's for sure. <laughs> Chad, what was your number eight? I, this is going to be fun because we all took a different approach yeah, to it, too. I, would have, I didn't have Kaluzzi. I'll tell you this. No. I wrote about 15 things down. Ron Kaluzzi's somersault was not on the list. Yeah, and all of mine are more um, things that helped Iowa seasons. I know that okay. I know that, that might not be the case for everybody. My number eight, I felt like I had to have one pass on there. Maybe I didn't really need to, but I felt like I've got C.J. Beathard's 77-yard touchdown pass to Riley McCarron against Nebraska because it was a perfect play. It basically gave Iowa two big plays in a row that sealed what turned out to be its second biggest win of the year and shoved him into the Outback Bowl. And I really liked how Riley McCarron actually pulled away from the defensive back. Yeah. He, he really showed a lot of speed. Um, and uh, that was my number eight play. That was one of my honorable mentions that I had. <laughs> it, it, we're doing honorable mention. Well, I, Mark, I'm not kidding you, man. I came up with a laundry list of these of moments. I, I had a tough time getting it down to eight. Chad was there as I was whittling minutes before we went on the air. Um, so I thought that was that was a big one. My number eight moment was um, against Miami of Ohio. How many true freshmen played mm. that day? I That's thought a good that one. was indicative of things to come. It mm -hmm. showed Ference that he was really committed to this freshman class. That he wanted to get these guys out there. Uh, that's that's a big moment when you're ripping. You're, that's a big decision. Um, you know, you had Fan, you had Stanley Rugumba, who ended up playing a right. huge role later on in the season. But yeah, a lot of people were excited about Lattimore. That was my number eight moment that I came to was the excitement that was building there in, in that moment when we got to do sound off and talk about man, how many was it? it was nine or ten. eleven? Ten. Okay, yep. it's funny. Nine yeah, or eleven. Stanley was the, the big one that day. Absolutely. Yep. All right, Good one. number seven. Uh, I'll go first since I went last there. Uh, number seven for me is kind of a cheat because I took the, the, the game of beating Iowa State 42-3. to The expectations hit an all-time high, it seemed to me, at that mm -hmm. moment. You, you, you just picked apart this Iowa State team. You dominated them. It showed what Iowa was capable of. I think it showed Hawkeye fans that uh, the ceiling could be really high for this 2017 season. To me, specifically, and I thought when you said you put one pass on there, when Vandenberg hooked up, uh, or when CJ hooked up with uh, with uh, Matt Vandenberg in the second quarter to go up twenty-one to three, mm -hmm. it was early in the second quarter, and it ju you just everybody I felt at least like you breathed a little bit deep and went, "Wow, this Hawkeye team is really good." That was the number yeah, seven moment. That's for good. Me. They were tenth in the country at that point. That's right. was yeah fresh off his new contract. Uh, my seven is actually a little bit of a cheat as well. <laughs> I was, it's Josie Jewell and uh, number one. Him running down Alan Lazard from across the field, tracking him down from behind and catching him, keeping him out of the end zone. I thought that that was um, uh, kind of the one-man – this was sort of my Josie Jewell one-man show moment. And then the real moment that I'm ranking number seven is his one-man goal line stand against Rutgers mm. um, 
when it's zero zero game when Rutgers oddly didn't kick a field goal after Iowa oddly didn't kick a field goal in the red zone. <laughs> a lot of um, oddlies in that yeah, game. Jewel basically single handedly stopped um four plays in a row. Iowa turned around and um uh, scored a touchdown before halftime to go up seven nothing that game. And that was a that was a win coming off North Dakota State. They really needed so Josie Jewell uh kind of saves the day. All right, Mark, you already got your Kaluzi somersault uh, uh, out of the way. What's number seven for you? Uh, more Kaluzi. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> actually, my seven is from that Iowa State game, too, and it is the, uh, it's the Beathard to Vandenberg pass that you just described. No way. Order. Wow. I think it showed, uh, I mean, it just showed what those guys could be because it was, uh, you know, I remember it was Beathard rolling out to elude some uh, pressure and buy some time and then throwing that rope right where Vandenberg could only catch it and he had to go up and get it and, uh, it's really a shame that we didn't get to see more of that, obviously, as Iowa, you know, for Iowa fans, because uh, it wasn't much longer than that that Bethard, or Vandenberg was out with the injury. But um, that was a, a fantastic play and probably their most thorough game of the year. Yeah, uh, and again, I, I've got that on my list. I think that was a huge moment when you actually lost Matt Vandenberg. But ironic that we'd have the same number seven. That All right, crazy. six for you, Chad Leistico. Okay, I get to go first. This is a this is a moment, not a play. Okay, um, it is in a. In a Maybe struck me differently because I was on the sideline and saw this happen. But when Jaleel Johnson and Faith Akakadi walked off the field against Nebraska holding hands, I thought that that was kind of a symbolic um, uh, visual of the season that the defense came together, unified, um, finally were working together as one, and that's how this the season basically turned around. And I thought that that was a really powerful. Um, image those, that's those cool. two seniors walking off on senior day together with holding hands that's a that's a cool moment yeah. mark number six for you well I, I, gosh i hate to be the guy but i mine's kind of a negative but, uh, i got a couple of them dude you're all right okay good all right it's plays it to find the season and to me uh i'm gonna go back to the penn state game and that opening drive and that opening touchdown uh when they took the kickoff 48 yards and marched right down the field mm-hmm. and they got that 19 yarder from mcsorley to to blacknell with uh you know Probably maybe the only time we saw Desmond King looking confused on the field mm. uh, as the guy got behind him, and that was obviously uh, an omen for a really long night for for mm. Iowa and, and their worst performance of the year. And that, I think to me that just kind of signaled the downfall for that. And that's for very that that's a very good number six. Uh, and it, yeah, I think that's a, a great one. Mine actually goes to the contract extension. Uh, <laughs> it it was all we talked about for a week leading up to an Iowa Iowa State game that uh, you know should have had a lot more buzz. You should, you know it was Matt Campbell's first chance here it was there were a lot of other things happening the Hawkeyes had a ton of buzz for that team coming into that game and it seemed like we spent uh too many days talking about it maybe another thing that was upsetting to Hawkeye fans unfortunately like a lot I feel like a lot like today with uh, uh talking about handshake gate after a team's won four in a row and looking to go five straight wins heading into non-conference play but either way the contract extension was a moment in the season mm-hmm. and uh I will remember that moment maybe around the sixth biggest moment that's what I've got okay I'll go number five first um and that was Matt Vandenberg getting hurt against Rutgers or after, or after Rutgers, Rutgers. Yeah. yeah uh and the loss of course felt immediately the next week against Northwestern you lose 38 to 31 um, Riley McCarron had seemed to step into his place very well and, and make those catches that Vandenberg was making. So I'm not sure it was the the one reason why the Hawkeyes lost to Northwestern, but over the course of the season, losing mm-hmm. McCarron was a huge hit to this team. Vandenberg, so my number five moment. I'm oh, sorry, Vandenberg. Yeah, yep. yeah. Uh, Chad, number five for you. Yeah, I've got uh, something that Brian Ferentz brought up the other day. Um, 
against Michigan. I'm, I'm getting into Michigan moments right, here. We're here starting we to build. We're going to build uh, up, yep. But the uh, back-to-back eight-yard runs to start that game because I noticed it at the time. I was like, wow, they're they're actually moving the ball right out of the game. It was to start the game. LaShawn Daniels went for eight yards, and then Akram Wadley went for eight yards. And Brian Ferentz, when he mentioned it the other day, that really solidified it for me that that, that was a sign that you knew Iowa was there and that this was going to be a fight. That's and, a good and that pick. the offensive line – kind of believe that they could push these guys around at that point and i, I feel like that kind of changed the season that started That's to change good. the tone of the season yeah, that, I, yeah and i've got a couple that i felt you know you can go back and feel like changed the tone of the season those are good ones the back-to-back eight-yard runs Thanks, to start buddy. the game what do you got for number five mark another play we've already talked about but i thought it was the uh the mccarran 77 yarder uh Ooh. nebraska the, the second big play back-to-back that they had um the first one was a little i think Maybe a little more expected, you could say, a wide, right. long touchdown run. But that uh, that play, they still had a little bit of life left in that pass game, and, and I think Chad hit it right on the head. You still see McCarron actually pulling away from a guy going down the field. Mm-hmm. I mean, he had a punt return the week before for a touchdown, so you knew he had some wheels. But uh, that was a real mm-hmm. eye opener, and I think that that's the play that really broke Nebraska's back. And basically, you know, it's literally in the game, but still, I think that pretty much ended that game. Yeah. Right? So yep. that was that was big. I have no problem with that. I, I'll go first on number four because, in a, in a way, I think they're sort of similar because this play, you go back, the this changed a lot for the Hawkeye season. Akram Wadley's 54-yard touchdown run against Minnesota, which put the Hawks ahead for good and at the time seemed to kind of save the season. That might seem strong, but, man, it, in that moment it was like, boy, this Hawkeye team might not be bowl eligible, and they're losing to Minnesota. They – get the lead on that 54-yard run and the defense ends up holding. To me, that was huge. Yeah, and that's exactly what I had for four. So oh, I'll funny. Jump, so I'll jump in here. Uh, <laughs> and I know we had – I don't know if we have time for the radio call on that one, but uh, that was uh, – to me, it was a 7-6 game in the fourth yeah. quarter. I mean, and this is coming off the Northwestern loss, and, and really everybody's <laughs> down in the dumps about the Hawkeyes. And all of a sudden, the, the season started to get a little bit of life, a little bit of uptick. Five and a half to go in the game. Here's Wadley. Breaks through a hole. He's loose. 40, 35, 30. We're not going to catch him. 20, 10. Touchdown, Iowa. Touchdown. Touchdown, Hawkeyes. And Iowa has the lead back. That's nice. All right, uh, Mark, what do you have for your number four moment for the Hawkeyes this year? I actually got a defensive play. Uh, I'm going to go back to the Rutgers game uh, when it was a 7-7 game in the fourth quarter. And uh, Brandon Snyder stepped Mm. up to not only force a fumble but also recover it. Uh, in Rutgers territory, I think at the 24, maybe. And um, Wadley scored a touchdown to win the game the next play. But I thought that was a, a really huge play for for the team, but also for Snyder himself, who had you know had his, taken his lumps a little bit up to that point. But in, that was in week four, and I think that uh, that showed you that the guy can be a player. Man, that's that's really good. good. Okay, uh, mine. I, I I'm going to be honest. Two of my top three are actually negative, so I'm going to jump right in here to number three. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Okay. When uh, Penn State just ran over the Hawkeyes, this one is my only moment that didn't happen on the field. I think Sa- I think Saquon yeah. Barkley calling out the defense and saying that the Hawkeye team quit, really calling out the team. Yeah. Um, I think that was a huge moment. I mean, a week later they respond with that huge win over Michigan. They look like a totally different team. I'm sure there's a lot of things that led to that turnaround within those six days. But to me, th- him calling out that team and them responding the way it was, and maybe that's the actual moment, their response to it rather mm-hmm. than him calling them out, that's my number three moment. Chad? Uh, number three, I've uh, welcome back Ron Caluzzi to the list. It's, uh, <laughs> oh, my. It was, uh, it was basically his punt to the <laughs> one-yard line. or Was it the one or the two? I think it was the one. They call it the two, I think. The two, okay. That uh, 
that changed that Michigan game completely. Yeah. Got the got the right balance. I I assume he planned it exactly like that. Mm-hmm. That it would take After that the somersault <laughs> <laughs> and two roughing the kicker pen, running into the kicker penalties early. Um, and then of course Jaleel Johnson followed up with that with the safety that in a ten nothing game that that really changed that game, yeah. uh, just the, the whole course of that game to to make it ten to two and. Uh, that's what I have for number three, Kaluzi and Johnson, the the odd couple. I like that. And, I, and I, we, as we talked about Mark on on Hawk Central that week, as we were kind of breaking down the best moments of that game, I think it's fair uh, to put those two as kind of one moment. And that's another yeah. one that was in kind of my uh, uh, honorable mentions. It should have been it should have oh, been wow. up there. Well, because I already yeah. had anyway. No no spoilers. What do you got for number three? I got another negative play. Unfortunately, going back to the Wisconsin game uh, in the. Uh, Fourth quarter when it's fourteen nine and 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 Wisconsin was trying to chew up the clock and that third and one play that Corey Clement got out and got past uh, uh, Jewel on uh, they they contained him pretty much that whole game and that, that was the one play he got thirty four yards they're back a little bit yeah, they ended right. up running four minutes off the clock and getting a field goal to make it seventeen nine I just thought that was a a big uh, moment in a game that they might have had a chance to win otherwise. My number two has caused some uh, some uh, disturbance in the force here at the radio station because some guys were mad at me. I ran them my list past AD right before he left. I think the number two moment and what I consider the biggest loss of the season oh, when no. North Dakota State gets the yep. pick six that changes it changed the entire season to me. That was the moment the rug got pulled out from all the momentum you'd built in 2016 and the beginning of 17 you'd, or, or 15 and the beginning of 16, you rolled up on Iowa State and a pick six against North Dakota State changed the complex, uh, complexion of really the season, I felt like. That's, Chad, that's legitimate. Chad, what's your number two? That's interesting. Yeah, you know, I ended up going all uh, positives except for this one, and um, it was the Saquon Barkley quote. Oh, good, okay. So we're yeah. on the same page there. And I thought that, again, it was it was what he said – um, that struck a chord with a lot of guys right. in that in that building that their manhood was challenged, and I mean they, I a couple of them have even said that 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 really that motivated it. them. They said if someone else is seeing that in us, we've probably hmm. got to kick yeah. our butts into gear. So to me, if he hadn't have said that, I don't know if if they would have finished with a three game winning streak. This is so. kind of cool how much we have in common on our list. I'm yeah. glad to see this. So that's that's where I've got number two. Mark, you're number two. Well, speaking of in common, I've got one you've already both mentioned already, but it's the 54-yard Wadley touchdown at Minnesota. Mm. I thought uh, that was a game that they were in danger of losing that they shouldn't have because they outplayed Minnesota that day, and it didn't look like it was going to happen for them. And I think the thing that was so awesome about that play was just the blocking. I mean, they got so many good blocks in that offensive line, and Kittle himself just drove, drove a guy out of bounds to set that play up. And uh, that's that's when I knew they had the best offensive line in the country. That's when I voted for him for that award. Fifty-four <laughs> uh, yarder at Minnesota in week two. My, week, num- uh, that was my number one moment. I'm going to assume it's uh, both of your number Probably one moments. Unanimous. Also, this is it. From the 23 yard line, it's a 33 yard kick. Tyler Kluber with a snap, the spot, the kick is on the way. It's gone! It's gone! <laughs> Iowa wins! 14-13! 14-13! Yeah, there's, there's a lot more of that call, but Mark, is uh, am I right about that? Is that what you had as your number one moment of the season? It is not, yeah. Why do you guys always assume you know what I'm thinking? Yeah, I probably <laughs> should stop doing that. It has my, never my worked out. My number one is a uh, play from that game earlier, the Jaleel Johnson safety to me was huh. what, uh, what yep. turned that around, and I think it was... A fantastic individual play uh, from a player who's going to play in the NFL, and and I think that's kind of uh, what springboarded him to a really great end of the season. But 
I don't think, I mean, there's no field goal without that safety. And, uh, Very and, good point. No offense to Mr. Duncan. I know he did no. his job, but to me, the, the Johnson play was the bigger As one. As we've talked about, there's, I also put, uh, I had the audio of the King punt return with the face mask, which was a mm. huge play that mm-hmm. moved them down the field and kind of was that aha moment, like you had a yeah. chance at this. But definitely you have to give that Michigan game. That, that's an iconic. Exactly. It's an iconic yeah. moment in Hawkeye football history. Absolutely. Yeah, and that's what, that was my number one, too, is the field goal. But and when I look at just top eight moments, I feel like that that is that is the moment that none of those other moments that we were talking about from the Michigan game would have even counted if they lose 13 to 11 I mean so you had to make the field goal to make that game mean what it meant the field storming and all that yeah and that was yeah exactly man this was a fun uh, topic this is Chad wasn't uh perfectly true by the way I've watched that several times no kind of hugged that right upright a little bit wasn't it perfectionist <laughs> no kidding holy cow i had no idea well okay it was a good thing cj bethard gained those eight yards on that quarterback draw. There's co- like, you know really when i was looking at the highlights as i was pulling them there's a couple things the the, the screen to wadley that mm-hmm. he i mean what oh, did he yeah. get 20 some yards on that screen that is part of that drive there's so many plays. Great, 10 on that drive too, but, okay mm-hmm. but he had a 20 yard screen earlier and then of course the fourth and three was on my honorable mention the fourth and three yeah, touchdown pass right. in that game as well <laughs> very good one Mark, thanks a lot. Another fantastic show, man. Love chatting with you. Uh, And, Chad, fun, fun topics tonight, man. Yeah, Uh, Yeah, we couldn't squeeze it all in. Next week we'll uh, hopefully be talking about another Hawkeye win and previewing um, Big Ten season. And the uh, Outback. I'll be in Tampa, so we'll have to figure something out. We'll figure it. And I'll be in Lafayette. (laughs) Oh, boy. Uh, Oh, geez. It'll be a coast-to-coast Hawk Central (laughs) next week here on KXNO. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.